Hello everyone and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today we are here to review Star Trek Prodigy Season 1 episode, Let Sleeping Borg Lie. Like always, I'm your host Clarence. I'm joined by my friends slash co-hosts slash Trekkies. Starting with none other than Jonathan Shorts. How are you doing, man? I am doing well, man. Doing well. Excited to talk about this episode of Prodigy and get you guys thoughts on it. Yeah, me too. Me too. And also on the podcast tonight, we have Cal Jones. How you doing, man? As always, glad to be here. And I will also say what Jonathan Short said. Looking forward to talking about this. Oh, yeah, most certainly. And we're going to start this episode with a bit of feedback having to do with the last Trek trivia. And John, if you can tell us what the last Trek trivia question was, I'll give the response from a listener. All right. So last week's Trek trivia question was... Where else in Trek have we heard the term melanoid slime worm? Great question. And in response to said question, we got feedback from Harold Connor, who says, glad to hear you guys back on the air. In a TNG episode, Wesley Crusher was called a melanoid slime worm by a Zaldan Starfleet officer when he bumped into said officer. This was secretly part of his Starfleet entrance exam. Thanks, Aurel. You are always awesome. I don't know how you dig up these answers, but once again, <laughs> you are on point. Listen, that was a uh, that was a deep cut. Like, I, and just so happened, I watched that episode before I watched Prodigies, which is why where I came <laughs> up with that question. So there was no like digging online to find it. Like oh, I just wow. kind of heard it. I was like, oh, that's the same. So yeah, good job. Wow, kudos for you for figuring that one out, because I, I had no idea, man. Good question and good answer from Morel. So, guys, thank you for subscribing or listening, however you are listening. Of course, what we do here on this podcast is talk about Star Trek in excessive detail, all things Trek, in fact. So thank you for joining. And we're going to get right into our review of Star Trek Prodigy Let Sleeping Borg Lie which was written by Deandra Pendleton Thompson. The episode was directed by Olga Yulanova and Shang Shin. When the crew encounters a dormant Borg cube, Zero risked everything to save their ship. Alrighty, so for everyone listening, if you have not seen this episode, go out, watch it, come back, because if you continue listening and you have not seen it, you will be spoiled and assimilated. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you spray something. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Like always, we go back to Mr. Jones for the beats of the episode. Sometimes serious, sometimes comedic. Honestly, you never know. Mr. Jones, what do you have for us this week? So I'm going to repeat because I said I was going to do this last week and I'm going to hold true to my word. I'm going to repeat what I said, and that is T minus coffee plus a resumed voyage equals a collective of zero. Mm. We have two Janeways. We might as well have the beats twice in a row. So there you go. Hey, man, we're doing things different these days. We're, <laughs> we're switching it up and I'm all for it. So, John, let's get your high level view of this episode, man. What do you think? Oh, man, it was, uh, you know, I watched it the first time and I decided I needed to watch it again uh, the second time. And, you know, I've said this many times. 
But, you know, I watch it the second time. I watch the episode the second time. Sometimes it's just not quite as good because I've seen it already mm-hmm. kind of thing. But in this case, I was just as entertained mm. as the first time. So it was great. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I personally love the way it's kind of tying off some storylines or bringing some storylines, pushing it further along in a sense. And I really love how it did that this episode. Also, in my opinion, I really, if this is on Nickelodeon, I think it's kind of a scary episode. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you guys didn't get that. But for little kids watching this, a little scary. You know, I also had the thought like this is this was good because it may it kind of forced like us as trick fans like we are used to Borg now. So like we kind of assume what's going to happen. It's not as scary or surprising, but this kind of forced you to look at Borg like you've like new. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. You know, so like as I'm watching this episode, like I'm hearing them describe things that I'm thinking in my head like that's already known it's like common knowledge but to them it really is not so to take it back to your comment as i'm watching it i'm kind of realizing the fear factor in the board that we've just kind of forgotten over time yeah cal additional thoughts yes i will agree with everything both of you just said i just want to add and i'm looking at some pictures from this particular episode as i'm listening to you guys talk i know these and characters are animated And, you know, we talked about this last week. We've probably talked about this before. But whoever is producing this, whoever is directing this, they are knocking it out of the ballpark every single week because these characters have personalities. You care about the characters. They're growing, et cetera, et cetera, and so forth and so on. I just enjoyed it. I watched it again earlier this evening at and it was just as enjoyable, like Jonathan said, as it was before. So kudos. And the fact, like you said, the characters are growing like and it's the growth you expect to see in Trick. And it's kind of I feel like it's the growth that we've been wanting from Lower Decks, which they're inching toward it, but not in the pace we'd like to see. Like and I think Prodigy has nailed that character growth that you expect in Trick. And let me take it one step further, and this may not be as much character growth per se, but I feel like Murph has a a personality. Mm. Well, (laughs) I I don't want to give spoilers (laughs) for the next episode that we'll be reviewing next week, but I think they're doing going to do big things with Murph. Keep your fingers crossed on that one. No spoilers. No spoilers. Good, because I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) Isn't that like a blank canvas, though? Like, it's so much in Trick that's already been covered. It's hard to find a blank canvas to start on that's not, that doesn't break canon or interfere with another storyline. And like, Murph is like that perp. They can go so many different ways with this, and I'm excited to see. Yeah, he's got to be there for a reason. He has to be. Yes. So I think if I were to think about one thing about Prodigy that really, I guess, has, has irked me from the very beginning, it's with some of these fundamental things that we know about Star Trek and starships that they are just now getting to as Janeway hologram Janeway gets more of her memory and she starts to teach the rest of the crew about these things. So in in that aspect, we start the episode with a holodeck, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and they foreshadowed this with the holodeck uh, flashback of 
Admiral Vice Admiral Janeway looking at the disembarking of Chakotay. They they foreshadowed this last episode, but here we get where uh, Zero and Gwen we finally get to see what happened and and what that memory was she was missing for for some of these things, and we actually do a, in classic holodeck fashion relive. The events. Did you got? Did you guys see that coming at all? No, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and I, you know, you and you say that you know it just kind of bothers you that like we have this technology that they. But I mean, think about just put yourself in their position, and without Janeway's memory files, like they wouldn't know to use it. Mm, not at all. Not, not at all. all. Like if I were in their position, like we're barely flying this thing, let alone holodeck and tractor beam and transporters and all that stuff. Like, it, yeah, that that's all brand new. To, again, brings me back to the point. It's forcing the audience to view trick in it like new. Like, what did that look like going into it? And I don't think we've really had that per no, se. I, I, I guess I, like Enterprise, maybe. No, I, but even still, even with Enterprise, no, I'm not going to make any, you know, joke about the, <laughs> any, you know, about the. No thing. hanging fruit, you man. There. No you hanging know, fruit. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. But even with them, even if they were in the early days of the Federation of Star Trek, etc., if that's whenever it was set, it was still fundamentally set. You know, they may not have progressed as far along with some of their directives, et cetera, and so forth, but they were still the Federation. They were still Starfleet. True. And, and you know, seeing these fresh eyes here, I, th- I think pro- provides a great perspective, especially for newcomers to Star Trek and even us yeah. to, to see at some of these 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 things unfold to this ragtag group of kids here. Let me throw this out there and I hate to keep sidetracking everybody. But the thought crossed my mind as I was watching this, and I think we may have said this, you know, for another series at some point. But would this not be a perfect introduction to someone who's never watched Trek or want to get into Trek? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. This would be perfect because they would. I mean, just Doll and a new viewer would be on the same level going into Trek. Yeah, it's it's definitely the primer. It's the primer for I know nothing about Star Trek. Let me watch this new show. <laughs> but if you take yourself from the point of view of Paramount, the industry, Paramount, the corporation, what you guys said says to me that they succeeded with this, because isn't this introducing the younger generation to an, to Star Trek Basically setting up a new generation of fans to grow up mm. watching. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and we can have that and also, and also still hit on these nostalgic references to Trek's past that can keep us entertained uh, and, and enveloped in the show. So I'm really, <laughs> really loving that. So Janeway says, if something was going on on my ship or if there was a weapon aboard my ship, I would know it. And I love that Jacob Pog calls <laughs> her out. I really BS. love this. <laughs> but you but you know what is always awesome when she has to even think, you know what, you may be right. I have been forgetting other stuff. So <laughs> I was surprised you called her out, but I have to say I really, really love that. Yeah, and I, I was just kind of surprised that she like that was allowed. Well, not when we say allowed, <laughs> like versus rules. 
like you would think even with her memory files gone, she would still have the programming common sense that, hey, I can't make these kind of statements. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah. She should be able to deduce that, you know, maybe I don't know everything that's going on. And and, <laughs> right. and, and of course, in, in the wake of that, the, sh- the search ensues across the ship to try to find why this ship is a Trojan horse or what in the ship is causing it to be a weapon towards Starfleet. And I, I love the whole search scene, but we find out there's a secret sub deck. <laughs> on the bridge uh, with the, I guess we're calling the race of Gwen's people solemn now. It seems like they made that reference several times in this episode, but it was a symbol of solemn on a deck plate. And we find out that there's an entire sub deck. Now I know we've all seen Picard and I want to get you guys opinion because to me, this thing looks very similar to the thing we saw coming through the portal in the season finale of Picard. Mm. Did that cross any of you guys' mind? Mm. Mm. No, it did not. Same here. But now you have me interested. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just reminded me that of that a lot. And we also we see Jenkin Pog tries to, to shoot it and sees what happened. And <laughs> it also distributes some similar properties to was it was it the Karen entity data from Discovery season two? That yeah. kind of is a, they call it, what do they call it? A living construct in this episode. They call it this thing a living yes. construct. And it won't allow itself to be destroyed. So it has somewhat similar properties to what was going on in Discovery Season 2 with the Karen Entity data. Mm. Mm. Interesting. You know, it it was shocking to me. The I don't know why it kept sticking out to me. And um, the fact that they mentioned it so many times. So, you know, there was a episode of Voyager when they brought a Borg vinculum on board mm-hmm. and they couldn't get rid of it. And then they tried shooting it and it like, and it would absorb energy and get stronger. Wow. I do not remember this episode. Was it a later episode uh-huh. or early? Uh, don't ask me. I don't remember. <laughs> I think it would have to be we'll later. If, if it's Voyager, they didn't encounter the Borg until about halfway. Yeah. The later series of the series. Yeah. You're uh-huh. right. You're right on that. But and they were trying to use it essentially for what this construct is being used for. Uh, they they eventually realized they could load a virus into this vinculum and give it back to the Borg and affect the Borg and like shut them down. So technically the same thing that this construct is designed for. Mm. What do you think of the assessment that. We know the Borg have this adaptive shielding where they can easily, you know, protect themselves against a phaser fire or whatnot, any type of weapon. And and we even see Janeway says this is a bad idea, <laughs> but <laughs> run away. <laughs> yeah. But what do you think about these guys trying to go on there to see what they can figure out to use this? Because I guess they're just they want to they want to make it to Starfleet. So this is one of the only options they have. I think it goes back to what you said at the very beginning, Clarence, or just maybe not at the beginning, but a few minutes before, which is these are characters, or, and it may have been you, Jonathan, so forgive me, whoever it was. One of you said that these are we characters. Oh, come. <laughs> now you threw me off my game. Well, come to forever. Um. Okay, come on. Now you threw me off. No, no, no. You, you threw me off my game. Um, I actually now don't remember what it was I was going to say. 
Okay, keep going because I really don't remember what I was about to say. No, I, mean, I think you were getting ready to reference the fact that we mentioned before that they are not aware of the dangers of Borg like we are. Very well said, sir. Uh, so just like you just said, Jonathan, they are not aware of all the dangers. So for them, it's just a cube in space, just as another starship would be. Right. Yeah. And I love how we go back to those fundamental rules of a Borg cube. You know, is as long as you're not perceived as a threat, you can pretty much you're, you're free to roam about the country. You <laughs> just go and, <laughs> and do what you have to do, you know, and get out of there. And I love how we make that call back to something that's been established since TNG of, you know, if you're not going in causing a ruckus, you probably can get away with running, going on here for a little while and, and, and doing what you need to do. So I really like that as well. And, you know, that that has been a great uh, I don't know what you call it, just a great situation that they've reused over and over through Trek. And I don't care how many times you see it. It's still like Uber makes you nervous, like yes. suspenseful. Like, I know I've seen it a thousand times if I hadn't seen it once. As long as you're not a threat, they'll ignore you and they go creeping around and they do ignore them. And the whole time I'm on the edge of my seat, like <laughs> at some point, yeah, they're going to notice you're going to bump them or a <laughs> sensor is going to go off or. And it just makes me nervous to no end. Yeah, scary episode, man. Case in point, where you have the group of the uh, Borg that are walking by, and one of them, just one, yeah. turns around and looks like, <laughs> I, I heard you. Very Walking Dead-esque right there. Yes. <laughs> so I love how Jacob gets on this cube, and he is so giddy about these couplers and... <laughs> And all the technology until Lo Mahoney looks up and sees the first Borg drone and then he's terrified. I thought that was really funny. So the idea to plug zero, zero is Borg. The idea to plug zero into the vinculum, into the matrix. Hey, why? <laughs> why? You know, the first time I watched through it, I that was my question. Like, why zero? Like, that's yeah. just the worst idea ever. <laughs> but then I had I had to, I had two thoughts on my second time watching it. One thought was, OK, she and zero said, I've been a part of a hive mind before. Mm. So if anybody stands a chance of resisting, it's me. And I think if you're going to put someone in a position where they could mentally be overpowered, you would want to put the mentally strongest one there. Mm. And that would have been zero. Number one. Number two is I just feel like zero is more or less just consciousness. Yeah. Pure consciousness. Like what else would like, I just feel like that's just the best option. And of course you don't want rock talk to be, assimilate it that'd be terrible yeah and i don't think janko i don't think they'd even want to assimilate him you know they <laughs> you do not add they, value to the collective <laughs> i mean they've turned down the kazon because of the same reasons so <laughs> and Dahl, we know doll is i mean he's becoming a great captain but mentally i don't think he's strong yeah and gwen is screwed all up anyway <laughs> she is <laughs> poor girl I, I, I like the idea of plugging zero in. I love the strong. I got strong data vibes of when data was, was 
plugged into the collective. Oh yeah, and I forgot about first that. First contact. Yeah. Yeah, I got strong data vibes from it. So I thought it was cool to see Zero briefly go to the dark side. Um, and it's kind of a good book into him helping Gwen and then Gwen being the one to pull him pull him out. So I thought that was was pretty good. Yep, yep. I totally agree. And you know, I have to remind myself that these aren't all children. You know, they're either teenagers or we don't necessarily know how old Jankum Pog yeah. is or how Zero is, you know, how old, the, you know, any of these are. So, but I'm a 100% agreement with the concept of was she the right or he uh, was Zero the right character to be sent in. What I was thinking was there's a difference in being a member of a choice collective or a forced collective, mm. and, and as we saw mm. with this. What do you think of the notion of Starfleet being off limits until they can figure out how to get there safely? What does that pose for our crew going forward for the rest of the season and into next season? I mean, we think they may meet Vice Admiral Janeway pretty soon here. Uh, what do you think that idea they're going to do the right thing for Starfleet and stay away until they can find a solution? Mm. I I really don't know. I, I honestly don't have an answer for that. I'm assuming that we're going to have a showdown, probably maybe even as a cliffhanger. I'm not sure. But I still go back to what I said last week about a confrontation between Admiral and Hologram Janeway. Mm. And I go back to which I know we got to have something to build the season on, which is why we're going this route. But I still feel like at some point, I'm even with Janeway's limited programming, we go back to it's Starfleet. Yeah. We just contact them and we tell them, hey, this is what happened. This is what we have. We're on our way. What do you want to do about it? Give because us anything, <laughs> anything else, like I don't see this ending well at all. Yeah. Like that's the best solution in my mind is what to do. And I understand that the crew doesn't really understand Starfleet, but we have to assume Jane, the Janeway hologram understands that at some point. I mean, if she has enough programming to advise them against the board, she also has the same program and advise them to go to Starfleet. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, T black. Let's talk a little bit about vice Admiral Jane way in this episode. We got a, a decent chunk of her in this episode. Actually, we get to see her interact with her doctor as they try to revive the diviner and see what the heck is going on with him. <laughs> Maybe not a lot, lot to speculate on here, but any thoughts on these scenes and maybe where we're going with some of that. Uh, and I'll add real quick before I open the floor up to you guys. I, I love how this ensign, this lowly ensign is getting all these nods to move up and rank and poor Harry Kim, you know, he just, just couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Harry did get to play a captain in like a future past <laughs> time travel episode. So he got something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> Any thoughts on the Diviner and Janeway in these, these scenes we got here? I mean, does he not just look evil? 
Absolutely, he looks evil. <laughs> and, you know, I have not seen the most recent episode, so I'm merely speculating here. But if he's not going down the road of, oh, woe is me, I've been wronged and these horrible little <laughs> children, if we don't see that coming a mile off, then we might as well just stop podcasting because it's coming. <laughs> Thoughts, John? Gosh, and I know, I know I'm on the outside looking in and I see, I've seen the whole picture, but I'm just like, I'm screaming. Can't you see this guy is not good? Like, there's nothing about him that says good. And I want Janeway of all people. Like, I get it if Picard would have been standing there. Picard would be more accepting and give him benefit of the doubt. But like, Janeway is one of those that's always been a bit skeptical, maybe too curious. Yeah. But a bit skeptical. But in this case, it seems like she's accepting that he is the victim here. Yeah. Too easily. Mm, at least not to have uh, extra security detail in his. <laughs> right. <laughs> in the uh, sick, sick bay with him there. But, but we do arrive to the decimated relay station by the end of this episode as the diviner awakens and Janeway is kind of pissed. <laughs> like J- Chakotay is not in control of the protostar. He would never do this. Like, so who is in control of said protostar? So I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to get in, into some of that really soon here. So I, I just think this is a fantastic setup for going forward with the, with the series. So is it the fact that, so does, does another Starfleet vessel or station have to, like link to the computers for this construct to attack or like if Janeway like meets up with them and scans them, will it happen? I think it probably has a link up uh, to the, to the station somehow. And it probably has, this. it's a, a, um, a living construct. So it probably has the initiative, you know, again, just sort of like the carrying into the data jumping around. It probably has the mm-hmm. initiative to do it itself when it wants to. Well, because what I'm worried about is when this meetup happens and she scans the ship, mm. like it attacks the Dauntless. And then now we got even more of a situation because if someone survives on the Dauntless, which we were to assume it would be Admiral Janeway. Now she even further thinks that the Protostar is armed and dangerous and taken uh. over by a crew that's up to no good. Mm. I think you just wrote the next few episodes there. Mm. <laughs> no spoilers, Cal. That is not the next episode. I will say. <laughs> oh man, I I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was it was very interesting. It was good to see the Borg in a different light. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and give it a rating of four point five. So, Cal Jones, how would you rate this episode, sir? Mm. I'm going to assimilate your rating and give it also a four point five to add to the collective. All right. Zero is Borg. <laughs> Mr. Shorts, how would you rate this one? Oh, man. So, and just, we didn't mention it, but kudos to the fight team. Oh, that yeah. That was good. And oh, yeah. Kudos to uh, Rock Top going all Hulk smash on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But as far as my rating, I cannot. Resistance is futile. I'm going to have to go with the, with the uh, 4.5 rating that you guys gave it. So this is three of three. Uh, <laughs> three of three. I like it. Oh, man. No, that that is that might be our designation going forward. Um, 
Cool. That was that was fun, guys. And uh, what did you think about this episode? If you're listening to us rant on about it, did you think it was good, bad? What are your thoughts on this episode? You can send that into fans at discussingtrek.com or hit us up at Discussing Trek on any and all social medias. You can also use those outlets to respond to Trek Trivia. John, what do you have for us this week? All right. Trek Trivia. What's red and blue? No, I'm playing. Um, <laughs> So, uh, we were talking about the scene where Admiral Janeway and the doctor were standing over the diviner discussing, you know, thoughts. And we all saw the, what we assume to be just a rude doctor, uh, his Dr. Noom, and he's a Tellerite. So that explains his rudeness. They just, they're very confrontational and they like to argue. <laughs> he's the voice actor that's playing Dr. Noom is Mr. Jason Alexander. We all know him from Seinfeld and other shows my trivia question is what other character has he played in trick mm. so that would probably be a two-second google but i'm going to challenge you guys who are out there <laughs> listening if you know the answer to this without looking it up write in and let us know even if you have to look it up let's 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 let us know what you think about this that's a, that's a great question and, and let's John. just throw this in here if you had to look it up, let's put that, let just leave that in the comments as well that you had to look it up. And if not, leave that there. I want to kind of take a poll and see how many had to and how many were actual Trek nerds like myself. Ooh, awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. And with that, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. As mentioned before, you can hit us up at Discussing Trek or fans at DiscussingTrek.com. We would definitely love to hear from you. You can also use those to send in Trek trivia. If you have the answer, we would love to hear from you as well. And with that, we're going to wrap up, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys for joining me, Cal and John. And until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. been listening to the discussing network find out more at discussingnetwork.com